Well, you guys saw that video, but we are organizing ourselves into three types of community groups as a church this fall semester, Rooted, Regeneration, and Reengage. And uh, Rooted is going to be a great place to spend time with other people in the church talking about who God is and, and what it means for our life to know him. And so uh, check it out. It's going to be great. Well, hey, church, uh, it is good to be with you this morning. Uh, if, if you're new, we're really glad that you're here. Let's put our hands together again for everybody that's new to Grace. And uh, if you are new, just introduce myself. My name's Tim, and I'm, I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we're getting near the end of August, blowing my mind. Uh, but I'm pretty excited for cooler weather ahead, so that's cool. Uh, but we are getting near the end of August, and we're kind of wrapping up this series we've been doing, Momentum. And uh, we've been doing this series together this month as a church, uh, trying to encourage ourselves as followers of Christ to be fully alive. How many of you guys feel fully alive today? Throw your hands up. Yeah! <laughs> uh, I won't say what group I'm in, but, uh, but I'm struggling. I'm struggling a little bit, right? Life hits us with different things, and uh, our desire as a church is to be fully alive for all that God wants for us, for all that God has for us. And so uh, today, in today's sermon, uh, really what we're going to be doing uh, is we're going to be talking about how do we organize ourselves as a church? Uh, how do we organize ourselves as a church to be able to fulfill what the scripture calls us to, to connect relationally and to serve and love one another? And so uh, I'm going to share up front that I feel it's just a very different message. Most weeks you come to Grace, and in two weeks, in fact, we're going to start a book study in Colossians, and we teach chap- book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And this is a, not a, a deeply uh, expositional pat, uh, sermon today. We're really just going to practically talk about how do we function as a church family. And so as we do that, here's the question that I want to ask all of us this morning. Uh, I want to start by asking it this way. How connected are you to a local church? How connected are you to a local church? And more specifically, let me put it this way. If you consider this church your local church, how connected are you at Grace? A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Eddie talked about why the church is good. And it's not uh, an invention of man, but it's an invention of God for his people. God gave us the church. He gave us each other to be a blessing in each other's lives. And so if we go off the premise that church is good, according to God, the question for us as we approach church is to ask ourselves right now in this season, right now, heading into uh, September, heading into this new season, how connected am I? And, and I want to begin this by sharing uh, probably the only story I'm going to share. I'm not going to have too many stories this morning. But one story I want to share to kind of open this up is thinking back to a time in my life where I was really connected to a group of people. And it was when I was 19, after my freshman year of college, uh, I, I went to the Colorado Rockies and I worked at this camp called Eid Rahaji. I'd rather have Jesus. And they had all these different camps. There was Mountain Village for the younger kids, and there was Teepee Camp for the kids that are a little older, and they had Aspen View for the teenagers. And so um, it looks like I was alive in the 1920s, but believe it or not, <laughs> that's not from that long ago. Um, uh, I'm, I'm right up there pretty close to the window on the, on the right. But um, we would get together with all these campers that would come up to the Rockies and spend a week with us. And it was one of the best summers of my life. Uh, 
Because all week long, we studied the Bible, and we uh, led worship. I actually learned to play guitar that summer. They let terrible people play, believe it or not, uh, up at camp. So I learned how to play guitar. Um, and we're doing this, and literally, we're outside worshiping Jesus, and the Rocky Mountains are behind us. It was awesome. Uh, we did a lot of hikes. You can throw that next picture up there. We would hike up to this uh, point where we had a cross called Inspiration Point. We would take campers on this huge hike. And it was just a beautiful place to spend the summer. And throughout that summer, I got so much closer to God. I shared the gospel with every single one of the campers that was, I, I like teepee camp the best. It was just cool. We cooked outdoors. We lived in teepees. Uh, every one of the guys that was in my teepee, I, I made it a point to share the gospel with them. And, and I had this incredible experience of community for a few months. And I still have friends to this day, Tony, Derek, and John, that I could call any moment and I know would be there for me. Um, and, and several of them were the ones that were standing up there uh, with me on those hikes. And I got really close. And it was this wonderful experience of community. And I just share that story from my life to give you a little bit of a picture. You've had some moments where you felt really close to other people. And this feeling of support, of love, of community, it's God's idea of the church. So if we're going to talk about church today, uh, we need to define it. What is church? And so church, is it a place or is it the people? Which one is it? The place or the people? It's the people, right? Uh, we think of it as I'm going to church um, and we're going to this building, but a church is just those relationships come together. It's Christians come together to love God as he's loved us, and we love one another and share that love with others, and we pass it on. And if that's the call for us as a group of people to love God and to serve one another and to pass on God's truth and love, also known as disciple-making, it begs the question, how do we know how we measure up as a church? How do we know what the marks are of a mature church? And uh, I'm going to propose that a church could be measured by the purity of its teaching, the depth of its love, and its fruit, its disciples. How many new followers are being matured through our relationships? How, how clearly are we preaching what God's word says? How deeply do we love one another? And how much are we passing on this way of life to others, disciple-making? Now, this word love, uh, it can be looked at when it talks about the depth of our love in relationships, because the Bible repeatedly talks about the importance of how we love one another. Uh, it can be kind of looked at as a mushy word. We tend to think of it just kind of abstractly, but it's not that way at all in the Bible. It means to obey Christ, to take him at his word and, and follow it to serve one another, to prioritize God in our finances, like Pastor Eddie talked about last week, to prioritize God in our time, to get involved in serving one another and in serving our community. It's, it's very tangible. It's very felt. It's how humbly and how deeply we pursue one another. Is it a place to come and go or is it a place to give and to receive? I just want to point out, so we get a full picture, what are some opposites of that? What does it look like to do the opposite? Well, opposites of love are pride, insecurity, unforgiveness, selfishness, or defining our own truth, aka not taking the time to read the Bible on our own so that we end up living our lives apart from Sunday, kind of just making it up for ourselves as we go. That's what it looks like as the opposite. But love 
is the opposite of all those things. Paul puts it this way. This is how the Apostle Paul says. He says in Philippians 2.3, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Now, if we're going to count others more significant than ourselves, then it means we probably have to invest our time, our energy, our effort, our money into others beyond our own family. Jesus said the result of our love, the depth of our love, will be measured as a church this way. It will be obvious to people outside of the church, outside of those here. And he put it this way in John 13, 44 and 45, 34 and 45. 34 and 35. I want to roll in the 40s. Gets something to do with my age. Um, A new commandment I give to you, Jesus said, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also called to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Again, a church can be tangibly felt in its maturity by how clearly we put this front and central and teach it, by how deeply it is obvious that we love one another tangibly, like Jesus talks about, and by how much new people are joining our relationships and they are being raised up in their understanding of God And their lives are being changed, what God talks about in Matthew 28, disciple making. And so it's those three things that we can look at that define us as a church. Now, it's kind of obvious, but again, if we're going to love one another, we're probably going to need time together. It is impossible. Uh, Husbands have tried this, right, with your wife very unsuccessfully. You cannot continue to tell someone you love them and never hang out with them. Now, there is no command in the Bible. I've never found it that says, husband, you shall date your wife Friday night and you shall take her out for two hours and uh, and yada, yada, yada. But if you're going to have a loving relationship, we better invest time in those relationships. And you can tell when the time has been deposited or when it has not. It's tangibly different. And it's no different in the church. Where, where is our time? And, and church, this is how we are organizing ourselves as a church. We want everyone at Grace to put in every single week out of the 168 hours that we have in a week or out of the 110, 120 hours that we're awake and we're living our lives, we want to be together as a church three to four of those hours that we say, hey, this time, this time is set aside for me to love my church family. And here's how we do it. If you can throw that that picture up, we want to do it by spending an hour a week doing this right here, coming together and worshiping God and hearing his word and hearing the game plan. And we want to do Sunday worship. But then we want to get personal and we want to get into groups where it's smaller and more intimate and we can just be uh, fun and be together and we can share our lives and ask questions and we call those community groups that meet at all sorts of different times throughout the week. And if there's not a group that's meeting at a time that any one of us can make it, we say, "Let's, let's make a new one. Let's make sure that we can get together at some point where we can talk a little bit more about our faith. And the last thing we want to do is we want in every season of our life pull at least one person intentionally close to us so that we can 
help them and help ourselves follow Christ. What God talks about as disciple making, very intentionally do those three things. So I want to talk about them a little bit more. Sundays, we gather for teaching. That's what we do. We gather for teaching as we're doing now. We gather to worship. We gather for baptisms to celebrate those that have recently received Christ. We gather at the first of the month to take the Lord's Supper, communion. And so we gather for all these things as a whole church. Community groups. We gather to dialogue, to ask questions. We gather in smaller groups at different times so that we can be together to invest ourselves in each other's lives. And we view this as a church as basic as saying, hey, I'm part of this church as Sunday. There's no, we view it as basic as Sunday. It's, I'm part of this church. I have a group and I have Sunday. It's just a basic way we, grew, we, we view coming together. Every August, which we're in now, we say, here's all the groups. And they launch in September and they go for a few months and we take a break for a little while during the holidays. And then in January, we say, hey, here's all the groups again. And we meet for a few months and then we take a break again. And there's sometimes some groups that we'll meet in the summer. And so we don't meet every single week. It's, it's for a season and then there's rest and then a season and rest. Uh, but regularly, we're having these groups. Now, I want to say one thing, just kind of obvious, but... When we talk about Sundays, we talk about groups, God's heart for all these things is relationships, is community. And so I want to briefly just show you, these are all the names of just fellow members in our church that have said, hey, I'll be available to host a group this coming fall. That have said, I'm going to come together, and, and none of us perfectly do it, but doing it in such a way to say, I just want to get together with my other brothers and sisters in Christ. And you can see there's a bunch of rooted groups as we're going to have a ton of them for men, uh, for couples, for women. Uh, we've got a, a few groups of re-engage and a, and a few uh, groups of regeneration as well. But these are for all of us to find a spot somewhere and to come together and meet. And the reason I bring these names up is because I want us to remember that it's not some like arbitrary program or some random thing to join or, hey, I signed up for this class. It's just people in our church relationally coming together for us to be together. And, and that's the purpose. It's, it's the names. Everyone's name in this church matters. Uh, one of the things I want to uh, show is what the three groups are that we're going to have uh, a little in a more tangibly. Uh, the three groups are rooted, regeneration, and reengage. And you've been, we've been talking about them all month long because it's a super important time that we talk about them right now because it's going to change what September, October, November looks for every one of us. Our lives will look drastically different if we're in those groups or not. The groups change how we meet on Sundays because we bring in all this relational connection. Uh, it's probably the only reason why my jokes got laughed at for a long time is because I was in community group with a lot of people and they're just, you know, generous and thank you, Irene, thank you, Gil, right? But I, I, I show up and there's people I was doing Bible study with during the week, right? And so we, we're, we're closer to one another. It's, it's experience of getting closer to each other. And it changes our lives because we grow in Christ. And so Rooted is going to be just a, a great overall program to grow in your faith. Regeneration is very specific to overcoming hurts and bad habits and even addictions we have in our life and re-engage for marriages, to, to strengthen our marriages. And so we're asking everybody, everybody, if you call this your church family, be together in a group. And after the service is over, there's a table outside, there's, there's going to be a tent, and you can go over there and ask more questions about any of the groups, or you can just go 
uh, to this website, graceway.org community, and you click on one of those titles, and it'll show you all the different times, and you can sign up uh, right online. But those are the three different uh, groups that we're going to be having. All right, so I'm about midway through. So review, um, if you, if you want to throw that next slide up here, three things that we do. We come together on Sundays, we come together in community groups, and we also come together uh, in disciple-making relationships. So I want to talk a little bit specifically about disciple-making relationships. Disciple-making is about getting time, and it doesn't have to be with one or two other people, um, but Jesus, even when you look at his life, he had his 12 disciples that he pulled close. And even when the 12, you know, he had the three that he pulled even closer and he spent more time with. And so we're limited as people in every season of our life as to how much time we can have in any given relationship. Our relationships at work, our relationships in our family, they are all uh, take a lot of time and are super important places where God has called us to. But God, just like Jesus, he pulled a few people extra close to follow, to help follow God. And so some of your relationships are saying, as I'm in a community group, or as I'm in this church, or as I'm at work, or as I'm in my family, who's the one or two people in this season of life that I know God has put on my heart to get more time with? And so two weeks ago, I threw this uh, picture up here to help us think about it, um, there's people that God puts on our heart and all the, from one of these different areas of our life. It's somebody in this church, somebody from we work, uh, from our school, from within our family, uh, neighbors, uh, different activities that we're involved in. And that's where those relationships come from, from all these different places. And so what is it? What happens in the self-making relationship? Well, we make sure that we, we bring scripture into it. When we meet, we talk about God's word. When we meet with this other believer, we pray together. We pray for one another. We learn to be dependent upon God in prayer. And then you just talk about life. It's getting personal. You, we cannot grow as we're intended to through a sermon. You can't unpack your life right now. And even in a community group, uh, it's, it's a lot of different people sharing. But if you go to lunch with somebody if you go to coffee with somebody, and it looks different for guys and girls. Sometimes it's going out to the gun range for guys because we like are going to play basketball. Guys tend to like to spend time doing an activity and do a little talking in on the side. And girls tend to be a little more face-to-face intentional. Uh, but if you get some time with somebody more personally, you can really be honest about our life. And I, I need that. And I know you need it. We all need it. And that's what a self-making relationship is. It's just getting time in God's word and prayer with someone that God puts on our heart. It's not necessarily mentoring, although it could be. Maybe you're a little more experienced in life and, and you have somebody younger you want to pull close and just help learn what it means to be a godly man, a godly woman. Um, uh, the Bible, you see this model of Barnabas and Paul and Timothy. Uh, where Barnabas kind of mentored Paul a little bit and Paul mentored Timothy, but it doesn't have to just be like that. It can be having somebody that's a peer that's helping you follow Christ and somebody that's younger, but it's really whoever God's calling you to in this season, let's just make it a point to not just be in a Bible study or a community group or not just come on Sunday, but each of us go out and find somebody to help me follow Christ and help them follow Christ. And even community groups can be a great place to support that in our lives. So as I'm talking about this, right now, here's the question I want to ask. I want you to think of one name. One. Somebody that's 
on your heart that you care about. It could be your son. It could be your daughter. It could be a coworker. It could be somebody in this church. And then I want you to begin to think about how you could get time with them. Could it be once a month over lunch, once a week over lunch? Could it be inviting them over to an activity that your family's already doing and just bringing them over the house? I don't have a ton of time to unpack this, but I, I do want to say, guys, that I know that living in the world today, we all battle isolation. And Satan wants us to be disconnected. And disciple-making is about getting connected, naming a time and a space in your calendar, what works for you to just say, I'm going to reach out and connect with somebody. Who's ever connected with you before? And what difference did it make for you? And if, if no one has ever loved you the way that you feel you need to be loved, and there's a little bit of like, well, no one's ever done that for me. Let's just go to Jesus and let him be our example. This world's so broken, and he's given us the power to be change agents in it through him. So bringing this up again, these three things. Sundays, community groups, and disciple-making. Here's a few verses about what it looks like to serve. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Galatians 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And the last verse I want to share today, John 13. I got choked up as I was reading this throughout the week, thinking about our Lord, thinking about Jesus. As I read this, picture Jesus. That's who it's talking about. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I want to put this in an image for us. All these groups are places for us to serve. And I'm talking about how we meet relationally, how we connect relationally. We connect on Sundays, we connect in groups, and we pull somebody close. Think of that one person. Part of what makes this church go round is also the serving. And I don't want us to think of it as something separate. Serving within those places is essential. Investing in a self-making relationship, time and money is serving. Every time you, you buy a lunch, right, you're putting a little money out there. Every time you go to that lunch or you get together with coffee, you're investing your time. In community groups, there's ways we can serve each other. But on Sundays, too, we serve. I've heard this expression that, you know, 20% of the people are what will make a church go round on a Sunday. At Grace, why not be 100% of the people are what make this church go round on a Sunday? And so as we come together this fall as a church 
to serve each other, to be in these relationships. I want to point out, here's the ways to serve on a Sunday. Not as extra, just as part of showing up and being part of this church. Here's the ways we have right now. We can think of more. But once a month, there's an opportunity when you come to be part of the First Impressions team, to be somebody that smiles and says hello as a greeter when people come in. My favorite way to serve. Or you can come once a month and you can come make coffee and be part of that team. Or there's a lot of ways to join the worship team. There's so many things that go into what these guys do to organize this service. Essentially, they're planning this whole time together. And there's somebody right now in the back, just a member of our church. Thank you, sir. Throwing these slides up for us. And there's somebody recording this sermon so we can put it online for people to listen to. Simple ways to serve every other week or even once a month to just, hey, this Sunday, I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to sit over there, and I'm going to do that. And then we have a family ministry for our kids. And there's classes every week for preschoolers and elementary and middle school and high school meets on Wednesdays. That's the one that doesn't do Sunday. I want to ask you, church, would you be willing, all of us, to find some place once a month, twice a month, maybe even uh, more regularly, to come in and also switch roles and be what I like to call a door holder. Somebody that stands at the door and says, come on in. Welcome to church. Welcome to my church. What does our church look like when we all do that? So church, again, how connected are you right now? How connected are we? This semester, this fall will look drastically different based upon if we show up on Sundays, if we join together in community groups, if we pull somebody close and we serve in those areas of our life. And it's three to four hours of our week. I say three to four because I don't know how much time you're going to spend with that person. Community groups are usually about two hours and Sundays usually about an hour that we come together. And so here's what I want to ask us to all consider right now. I want to ask you, if you have not already, Today, join a group. Join a group. There's still time to back out. They start for two weeks, so you, you can always change your mind. But there's going to be a table outside. There's a, there's a booth right over here to the left of this building. Go over there, join a group, or go to that website that I brought up. Join a group. Join one. Let's be together, all of us, and pull somebody else in. It's more fun with friends. Church is way more fun with your friends. Think about one name. Think about one name and think about how different this fall might look like. And know that if you're not sure how to do that, that be in the group, it'll help you. But think about one name of somebody in your family, at work, somewhere that you could invest in, in a disciple-making relationship. And the last thing I want to ask us is to find a place to serve. I want to throw up a, a picture really quick. This is my buddy, Adam. Uh, that's me way excited to graduate from college. That was graduation day. Adam uh, took one more semester. But the reason I went to that camp after my freshman year of college was because of Adam. We went and they were kind of advertising at our university to get college students to go work at this camp. And we were there together and we were, we were good buddies. And, um, and he said, you know, why don't we go do it? And uh, at, at 19, it was a big step for me to, you know, buy this airline ticket and fly up to Colorado and not knowing what I was getting myself into. And it was way different that I had my friend to do it with me. Church, what I'm asking is that we be those friends that open the doors up and we're door holders for people to come into God's love by being a disciple maker, 
by being in community group, by serving somewhere here. Right in front of you, there's a card. Uh, there's a card. I believe it says something like, put me in coach. And so what I want to ask you to do as we close in worship is I want to ask everybody, grab one of those cards. And as the band comes up and as they begin to lead us in our last song today, I want you to fill one of those cards out and think about, and you can throw that picture back up of all the different places to serve. I want you to think about some place that you could use to serve as you're coming. We're all going to come here, so let's also all come here and regularly find something that changes the atmosphere of this place by how we pour out on a Sunday. And there's going to be uh, some of our greeters in the back as we make our way out, and you can drop those cards off with them as we make our way out today. Church, would you pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this Sunday. We thank you so much uh, for this space to be together. I am so looking forward to this fall. I am so looking forward to reading Colossians. I can't wait to get studying and, and to get up here and to share the things that you have for us in your word. God, we just acknowledge to you together as a group this morning that it is so different to do these things together when we also get together at some point more personally in a community group through the week. And it is so different when we pull a friend close and a disciple-making relationship, somebody that we, we care about. And then we all have a place to be a contributor, to be on the team, to be serving somewhere on a Sunday, God. So lead our hearts, lead every one of our hearts in how you would use us. We give our lives to you. And everybody at Grace said, amen, amen and amen. Thank you, church.